1960, ITV executive Sidney Newman asked Brian Clemens to rework the Ian Hendry suspense show Police Surgeon into something called The Avengers. The programme lasted almost the entire decade of the 1960s and became integral in shaping the mod scene in England. Some of its stars, Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg and Patrick McNee, became icons of the spy movie culture that ran rampant through the middle part of that decade. These Avengers don't wear tights, they don't wield magic hammers or fancy shields, but the women are stunningly beautiful and squeezed into tight leather cat suits, so there is that. Join Thomas DJ, top professional, and Scott McGregor, talented amateur, as they journey through an England that didn't exist, but maybe should have, with umbrella, charm, and bowler. You know, that other Avengers podcast. achieved full Avengersness. Yay. With this, the first of the second season episodes, Mr. Teddy Bear, which we will be talking about today on With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler. I'm Tom DJ, top professional. I am Scott McGregor, talented amateur. And, uh... Should make me, what, Kathy Gale now, I guess? At this point, well, you're either <laughs> Kathy Gale, Dr. King, or uh, Venus Smith. We'll get to that. Okay. A lot happened between seasons one and two. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah you, you I, just most, mentioned that before we started recording and then I, I'd, I'm intrigued because I don't know how stuff happens between season one or two other, other than what we already knew is that we've lost uh, Dr. Keel, but yes, Dr. Keel moved on, but the thing, okay. The thing is, um, well, so far, for those of you who have been following, uh, the first season was mainly was all about Steed and Dr. Keel. However, the original plan was for there to be 30, was there to be 29 episodes. And they were already recognizing that Steed was kind of taking over the show. Mm -hmm. So they had started during the first season auditions for a new character called Venus Smith who would alternate with Dr. Keel. Uh, Venus Smith was a, and we're, we are going to meet her. Okay. Uh, I think she, we're going to meet her in like two episodes time. Uh, she was a, la- a jazz singer who Steed occasionally uh, brings in on cases where such a uh, such skill set would be needed. Right. Uh, the auditions were held in August 1962 uh, amongst the people who uh, auditioned were uh, Kathy Kirby, Anita Harris, Millicent Martin, Vera Day, and a young lady named Shirley Eaton, which might be familiar to people who are James Bond fans, because she is, of course, the famous Goldfinger. Oh, okay. The first She's the, victim? Yes, the, yeah. the first victim of Goldfinger. We just lost her, didn't we, recently? I, I'm not sure. But um, they eventually settled on... A woman by the name of Julie Stevens, and she was signed on to do uh, the, the rest of season one. But then there was a writer strike, which killed the rest of season one. Mm-hmm. So we only have the the twenty four episodes officially. But we also had ten scripts that were all of a sudden ready for um, 
for broadcast for season two. With the occasional redaction of Dr. Keel's name and yes. <laughs> her place. So what they did with, with the, the Keel, some of them, they just, like I said, replaced them with a new Doctor character, yeah. uh, Doctor Benjamin King, who, who, who just a second was played by John Rowlandson. There were three of those. There's only he's only in three episodes, but the rest of them, uh, they they thought about casting a new male person, but um, yeah, new male person as opposed to uh, a female person, but. Steve uh, McNee, who has always been very pro-female, um, kind of pushed for a a female to be the, the new partner, mm-hmm. and they eventually settled on Honor Blackman, who is still alive. God bless her. Yeah. Um. We could try to square that interview with any time yeah. now. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think that all of the all four of the iconic uh, Avengers partners are still alive. The only one who, who died is, uh, is Hendry. Mm-hmm. But um, and what they did for most of the episodes was they just redacted Dr. Keel's name and put in Kathy Gale's name, which is why she comes off as a very forceful character. But the thing is, it caught on. People liked it, and thus a legend was born. This episode, so this episode, the the, uh, the season opener for season two, which is called Mr. Teddy Bear, uh, is actually the fourth episode shot with uh, Honor Blackman. But it's the character is pretty much in place, and I think that's that's why, with the exception of the curious exception of her having a, a you know a gun stuck into her garter because yeah. she doesn't use guns for most of the series. So, but yes, uh, this is where well, that's unfortunate because started... that's like you know one of the best female spy tropes there is. Yeah. You know, she's even she even makes kind of fun of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, is, is it in this episode or, or Helen 23? One of the, the, the two episodes that we're going to be tackling during this recording session, um, she makes fun of the fact that, oh, you, you expect me to put this in your garter. You, yeah. you, this is my garter, right? Um, but yeah, they decided that she would be a martial artist and that they figured, well, if she's going to be a martial artist, she's going to want more freedom of movement, so they developed a, a leather battle suit for mm-hmm. her. Once again, the legend the legend takes more shape. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is the beginning of the evolution from just a standard crime melodrama. No, no, we're, an, we're constantly talking about how Patrick Mani is like pro-women. Yeah. Um, you know, but is he really just, you know, is he that much of a feminist or did he just like an excuse to have Honor Blackman in a leather suit around? He was raised as a girl. <laughs> Patrick McNee was? McNee was? Patrick McNee was raised as a girl okay. by his family. So he had a rather, un- rather unique view of both sexes. Yeah. 
So no, I'm just I'm poking yeah. fun. You can kind of tell. I mean that he has yeah. mad respect for women, and you know, I'm a I'm a mama's boy, single mother. So you know, nothing but respect myself. But mm-hmm. so so Mr. Teddy Bear, which aired on January 27th, nineteen sixty two, um, sees also see. This is your first encounter with 110, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything. I mean, this is, and, and I love that they started out, I mean, they hit the ground running and, like, really established that Steed's, you know, with this big organization, or maybe not so big, but definitely yeah. an organization and, uh, you know, very M-like character in 110, um, if you're going by the Bond analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and great cold open just uh, and, and it just threw me and, and given that you know I, I realize this is kind of uh, you know not ex- well it's professional TV but it's 1960s British TV yeah. and the first scene of of all the, the television cameras I'm like is this a mistake I'm watching did they like <laughs> they accidentally film with the camera that's <laughs> it's too far back and getting all the other yeah. cameras in, in frame mm-hmm. But but no, it's well, actually. Once again, this was shot live, so yeah, yeah. there are bound to be goofs. Yeah, so that's, um, that was what I was thinking when the when it first opened. I'm like, oh, okay, so they really messed up this one. But no, it's actually the scene. So yeah. Oh, and there's uh, uh also we finally see where Steed lives for the first time. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of world building in this. Yeah, episode. and he's got a great dog, and that dog better keep showing Freckles. up. Yeah. Well, Freckles shows up. She, I know he shows up throughout the the Kathy Gale season. I don't know if we see her or her or her brother because at one point there, there's a male dog. Okay, but it's the same breed, so mm-hmm. I think that they're related. I think I do um, remember the Dalmatian, and that lasted in the yeah. years, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I know that that a dog appears in at least one episode of the. Uh, Linda Thorson season, the last season, mm-hmm. but but yeah, but Freckles was a part of the uh, was a part of the Kathy Gale era, definitely. Um, but yeah, we get to see his flat for the first time. We get to see also where because I don't think we ever saw where Doctor Keel lived. We saw his practice, right? But we never saw where he lived. But we did. We see where she lives, and once again, they're kind of making it very clear that she's the kind of the brains of the operation. Right, right, yeah. Because she's got all the all this uh, African art around, and is, is hobnobbing with anthropologists. Yeah, well, that's like that's they name her as an anthropologist at one yeah. point, or at least that's one of her covers. But I think she's actually an anthropologist. So. Yes. Yeah. Much like. Uh, uh, Diana Rigg later on with Emma Peel. She is definitely the the more intelligent of the two. Um, pretty respectable gun collection too, or was yeah. that Steed's apartment? No, that was hers, wasn't it? That was hers apartment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As we'll learn, Kathy Gale's backstory is that she was an anthropologist who fell in love and married a South African uh, uh, farmer. Okay. Who was then killed and and she she moved back to London after after uh, you know after he died. So she knows how to shoot. She knows she knows her way around the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, she uses um, judo, and you'll see there was something about 
and try to imagine this 1962 here's this woman throwing grown men around yeah. <laughs> you know and and giving giving as good as she got verbally yeah oh with, yeah with these people so it's it, it, no she's gonna made... be a, she's gonna be a contender for my diana rig love i can already tell i mean <laughs> the only thing i knew on her blackman was from james bond you know before right. this really so it's like yeah she she's well, really good in the part begins the the great symbiotic relationship between the james bond franchise and the avengers because yeah. of course she leads to uh become the female lead of goldfinger yeah but there's always been that kind of weird symbiosis to the point of when I think it was for the 40th anniversary, mm -hmm. uh, they re-released all the James Bond films on like high definition DVD. They all came with little uh, featurettes about the making of each film that were all narrated by Patrick Me. Why do we not have? There's got to be uh, somebody in, should do a Bond Avengers green comic book. I mean. You know, get Grant Morrison on the phone, and <laughs> <laughs> well, he's too busy writing uh, the Green, the Green Lantern, mm -hmm. <laughs> in keeping with the the, the new um, tradition of for your next sequel, you just put the in front of the name of the, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about the f first legitimate supervillain. Yeah, and a good one. Um... Mr. Teddy Bear. Kind of hard to follow, really. I mean, the, the, the episode after this was a little bit of a letdown compared to this yeah. one. Um, but yeah, we get a we get a death within the first ten seconds of the show yep. opening, right on live TV, and uh, mm -hmm. the mystery unfolds from there. Uh, and then we like instantly get you know an office scene with uh, with Steed and and one ten and and uh, Catherine Gale and and you really see the and I said the the seeds of the organization and and a lot of good you know just spycrafty stuff you know and, and talking about strategies and and there's some gadget stuff and you know it's it just rang all my sixty spy bells let's put it that yeah. way yeah um, one ten was. Played by an actor by the name of Douglas Muir, who um, passed on in '66, which is probably why 110 doesn't show up ah. after <laughs> the Kathy. Um, because after Muir kind of dies, mm -hmm. we we don't see anything of the organization for a while until uh, the last season, where we we get Mother and we get um, things get wacky, but. Mm -hmm. um, but he was a, a solid British um, TV actor, and I, th I think he's kind of kind of a, a bit of a contrast to like to like the M in the Bond movies. Just very matter of fact. Seems more hands on too, though. You know, he's, yeah. he's getting in there and, and working some of the audio gadgets and stuff, you yeah. know, with him. And, and we will see one ten in some interesting situations um has the has seasons one two and three progress mm -hmm. i don't know which one there is one i think it's in season three where he's operating out of the back of a meat shop <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever sets available, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 just really interesting. But uh, hopefully, it's a bigger yes. office than the Frighteners had. Then no, that. no, no. It's, it's a much bigger. Uh, but we are informed by one ten that this murder that we saw. That's the other thing is that we really get much of an emphasis on the the teaser hook. Yeah. The teaser hook, even even in, in the next episode that, that we've already seen, we're about to turn it a bit. We're doing two episodes back to back here. Um, but the next episode, there is an attempt to create something bizarre, right? For the, for the hook, but um, we we learn that it's probably the notorious hired assassin, Mister Teddy Bear. Yeah. Whose name is his last name is Bruin, but they call him Mr. Teddy Bear, and he's got a, a weird sense of humor. He's a gadget killer. He likes to kill yeah. with gadgets, and 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 the guy the, the guy at the TV show died by this ingenious little cyanide pill, but it was a mechanically time released cyanide yes. pill. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, yeah, there's just some really good world building and and spycraft stuff in the beginning of this that really grabbed me. Yeah. You know. And so, so Steed recruits Kathy to um, basically set out the bait for Mister Teddy Bear by ordering his his own murder. Yeah. And Kathy's like, "Well, you know, I have this, I have, I have this appointment," which is another thing that happens a lot. It's like, "Well, I got to do this." Yeah. <laughs> She's a very busy woman. That's the other thing. Yeah. These are just like. Uh, just like in, in season four, which is the first of the black and white Diana Rigg series, mm-hmm. you definitely get a a, a, um, a sense that they're not waiting around for Steve. Right. Well, generally, he, he kind of has this, this strategy of whining people and doing mm-hmm. things for him, too. And it's great. It, there's just great banter between them from, from the get-go. And it, it, the yeah. chemistry is just really amazing, you know, right from right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And, and well, uh, the thing I love is that unlike unlike with with uh, Diana Rigg, when we get later up, he has wonderful uh, chemistry with both with, with all of his host uh, yeah. colleagues. But the thing that always interests me about the Kathy Gale about the Kathy Gale Steed relationship was that it was always professional. I don't know. That little training sequence looked a little uh, looked a little friendly. They do a little training montage, you know. She's yeah. practicing her, well, they, yes, there her is judo that war, on him. The, the tension's definitely there, I, whether they acted on it or not. I guess not, but yeah. it, it's not like, for example, in the uh, you know in the, in the black and white season. There's this sense that maybe that the, uh, Steed and Peel had dated at one point, right? But I, I never got that impression with him and Gail. I got the impression that they were solid professionals who, who respected each other and liked each other genuinely. Oh, I, I guess I got the exact opposite. I, I was okay. like, oh, these, these people done the, the two-back boogie uh, somewhere along the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember, we are living now in the in the age of, of, the, uh, of the ship, so... Yeah. And so they, 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 they set up this cover for Mrs. Mrs. Gale, and she's is sent to a meeting with Mr. Teddy Bear, who is represented by literally uh, Teddy Bear. Mm-hmm. Ted, Teddy Ruxpin from hell. Yeah. Yes. 
and there are these surreal weirdness, weird moments of Kathy Gale having a discussion with. <laughs> it was great. With a, yeah. teddy, with, with, a, with a stuffed teddy bear, um, lifting a um, cigarette case that apparently the only fingerprints on it are from a chimpanzee. Right. Which, yeah, just matter of factly, it's like, yep, yeah, no, no prints, just a chimpanzee. So, which we oh, never I got to see, but I want to see his chimpanzee yeah. henchman as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love the script. This script, which is by uh, Martin Woodhouse, uh, is just it's, it. This is what you can see that where the Avengers is going from here. Yeah, I mean, this is really yeah, it was funny all the way through and just really well written and just flowed. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Mr. Teddy Bear, and, and of course he's he's getting all the necessary information and, on on his target and and laying out the the payment. Very strict Teddy Bear, you know, basically yeah. need this much money down, and his price even doubled, you know, from what she had originally thought it was going to be, and he needs it in industrial diamonds, you know, paid off right. within twenty four hours, and you know, all good good spy and assassin stuff. Yeah, you know, guy's a true pro. Yeah. And I I'm like. Looking at, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I'm looking at um, Martin Woodhouse's credits, and he's got another really great episode coming up. I think think this is a season three episode called The Ringer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing is, I think that that episode I just referred to you where uh, 110 is operating out of a, a butcher shop, I think that is the episode called Second Sight. I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I, I've seen all of these episodes before. It's just that I haven't seen them with the regularity that I've seen the the Peel and Thorson episode. So it's right. not. It's not gone to the point where I can look at the opening shot and go, "Okay, that's this episode." Yeah, I live a sad life. <laughs> <laughs> it was a densely written episode. I mean, there was a lot of world building for you know first episode of a season, and nothing really too detailed. But it was just written in the way that you know. Like with 110, and and you get the sense that Kathy Gale has been in the espionage game for a while too, and mm-hmm. that that's the impression I got anyway. Because they're both they're all like you know kind of referencing other missions they'd been on and stuff, and and Steed's kind of patting himself on the back. Steed's loving it. Steed's like you know he's like I ah, finally you know someone worthy of my <laughs> my Steed skills. Is amused by oh this yes, song. he's loving that's it. That's what I love. Yeah. I mean, you have Kathy saying at least twice, well, this could be your death. Yeah, but he's just like, you know, almost like I don't care. You know, he's like Holmes and Moriarty. He's like, the game's yeah. afoot. You know, let's do it. You know. <laughs> so. But Good. he's, and of course, Mr. Teddy Bear does something elaborate to, to try and kill Steed. Which, you know, is almost, it's the one maybe flaw in the, in the episode in that he, you know, and you almost have to wonder, is like, did Steve really fall for that or did he completely know what was going to go on there? Because um, he literally gets poisoned just by picking up his damn phone. Right. And uh, given all the other tricks Mr. Teddy Bear, you know, has because they list a bunch of the ways he's killed people in the past, you know, when they're talking with 110. And, yeah. you know, you, you would think that, Steed would be wiping down every, you know, every mm-hmm. every surface he comes into contact with, particularly when right. a person he doesn't know just walks out of the office, you know, uh, out of his out of his home, yeah, right. Um, Which of course is 
the big neons. I don't know if it would be considered a big neon sign back in 1962, but it it was to us now. Go, right. oh, okay, so that no, that's apparently it. you can just go into people's houses back in yeah. the 60s, and then people would be like, "What are you doing here?" And like, I have a really good, you know, this is the next episode yeah. where Kathy kind of goes into someone's house, and they're like, "What yeah. are you doing here?" And like, "Well, I just <laughs> I had to," and someone else is rifling through desks, and I'm looking for a cigarette. Yeah. Oh, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, Mr. Teddy Bear has the same sort of respect for Steed, though. Yeah. Because he oh, yeah. arranges to meet with him before he dies, yeah. before he quote unquote dies. Yeah. yeah, he's almost, you know, he's he's worthy of a Bond villain, if anything. Yeah. Um, definitely. And uh, but, but Steed, I love how they even wrote, you know, in the, uh, you know, they could have just poo-pooed it and, and had everything yeah. happen off scene or off screen. But when, when he gets poisoned, you know, he actually makes a tourniquet for himself. You know, it's thought out. Right. It's it's good writing and you know to stop the blood flow and and you may not understand what he's doing unless you think it through but it's like oh yeah of course that's what he's doing and then he goes and he he apparently finds his antidote and then you know we, it makes us think we fade to black before he saves himself but obviously mm. he saved himself so. so so this was your first exposure to to Kathy Gale right yeah I mean it said anything on her blackman other than pussy galore. So, right. Yeah. Um, well, so you could already see those seeds being planted in this. Yeah. She really, she really inhabited the part right out of the gate. What What did you What did you think of her? I just thought it great. As I said, I, I the the back and forth banter, and she's just mm-hmm. she's obviously a great you know foil for Steed, and they. That's why. I'm, well, I'm sorry. The judo well, training to me was foreplay. Yes. I don't know why I took okay. it that way. <laughs> I'm sure these oh, these two are definitely getting together somewhere along the line here, um, if they haven't already. Um, but you know, she's just like, and it's a competitive thing, and I know that I that change. went in with Rig too, and and Mrs. <laughs> Peel, and that's like they're always kind of like, yeah, see, I did this better than you, or I could do this better than you, yeah. and it's great, and uh, you know, just some I really will good writing. That there is one episode where there is a kiss, and that's all I'm going to say. Ah. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to tell you the context. So, <laughs> but yeah, I love the fact that she just does not suffer fools. No, no, she's she's got a great like, you know, dry sense of humor in English. You know, practically um, the same word, but uh, <laughs> same, <laughs> but she has a great dry sense of humor, and, and it's just written really well between the two of them. I was actually like, kind of blown away about how good the writing was in this. I also I also love the scenes between her when eventually Mr. Teddy Bear Stand revealed the scene where and he's like going through he's beginning his monologue his, his yeah. villain monologue and she's just like oh you're gonna tell me the story of your life now are you oh, yeah well. <laughs> yeah it's just like you kill me and get it over with or whatever you're gonna do and you know he makes tries to make her think that he's just gonna give her some knockout pills but yeah. Which he, of course, turns back around on him, and he ends up taking his own knockout yeah. pills, which are actually suicide pills, or death pills. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, he's just that was a great villain. That's said. I, we know this show doesn't do that, but if there was going to be like a villain to to carry through a season or something, it, it should have been this guy. And uh, as I said, I, I hope they come up with better stuff because that's that's a hard one to follow for the rest of the season, in my opinion. But. Yeah, sure, I'll be proven he was, wrong. He was played. He was played uh, by Bert Goldman, who is a another one of these veteran British TV actors. Uh, there was nobody. That, 
in the cast that I automatically recognize, like I'm going to be honest with you, usually I'm able to go, although there's, there's a big one. There is a big one in the next episode. Mm-hmm. There is a big Doctor Who connection in the next one. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I didn't recognize any any Doctor Who connections in this in, in this episode. But I, I could be wrong. So, I, but I think it, I'm trying to imagine what it would have been like in 1962 to first see this episode, the seconds, and just because this is where the cult starts. Yeah, I mean, the I second, can see that it was. Yeah, the second season is when the the ratings start going up. Mm-hmm. And apparently, much like you know, uh, certain other TV, certain TV series over here in the eighties and nineties, like uh, Melrose Place or, or um, Lost, or people would stay in to watch them. Yeah, well, that's so, what we all used to have to do before DVR or TV. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you stuck to plan but your there, week. It was, it was, what, what was? Oh, Miami Vice. That was the one I was thinking. Miami Vice, where people. People would stay in on a Friday night to watch Miami Vice before they went out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where this is where the, the the Avengers mania starts in England, and at this point, it's just England. So, um, but I definitely think this is this is a, a really great episode. This is probably the best episode we've seen so far. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you said, it's the first one that that really is like the format we know, you know, or that I know yeah. about it. Um, just some really good spy craft. And, and I was impressed about that. I mean, how, how detailed they, they go into first show with, you know, probably a no budget and, you know, you have to use two or three sets every, every episode. But I mean, they had, you know, real to real tape recorders and little said pill bombs and, you know, all kinds of good spy stuff. Next episode, we got a cool little, you know, secret cigarette gun and, yeah. you know, so they're, they're just hitting the ground running with that stuff. And I love it. <laughs> Now, now, correct my memory if I'm wrong, but and and spoilers, but doesn't Steed mm-hmm. eventually get a gun in his umbrella? I mean, uh, or am yeah, I just that, thinking of the penguin? It's, <laughs> no, no I, his umbrella has I don't know if it has a gun, but a it, sword. But it has a sword. That's right. There's one time it's used as a as a shield. Mm-hmm. It gets you know very, during the the color Diana Rigg episodes in the in the Linda Thorson episodes. Uh, there are some hints that he's gimmicked out some of his stuff. That, yeah. that it's not just an affectation. I think also there's a uh, a hint in the black and white episodes that his uh, bowler has like a steel lining, right? Yeah, so he can knock job. people out with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not odd job. But Although, the... but you'll notice he's wearing he he goes from wearing a, a bowler to wearing a normal trophy hat. Yeah. Yeah. And a the, these two times. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Couple of times in both of these episodes. So, mm. um, so do we want to go through the checklist? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, kickiness factor. I, I'm I'm still going to call the judo training. Okay. Um, and, and let's be factor. honest. You know, <laughs> she's keeping a well, her guard. Right. That too. You know. That's 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 an old, old trope. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it could be said that the, uh, the the teddy bear was flirting with her a bit too, I yeah. suppose. And, uh, well, that's more weirdness factor. Yeah. Well, not if you're a furry. If you're a furry, okay. then it's a kinkiness factor. Uh, <laughs> Google it, folks, but don't don't Google it. 
<laughs> the Avengers prescient even in, in the furry culture. Yeah. Uh, champagne. Um, nah, I don't believe so, but there was some drinking, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, as there always is. Uh, not Was there really not any fights? I mean, there weren't really any henchmen no. goings on at all. In this one, the only you know we saw some preparation for later fights with, with yeah. Ms. Blackman, mm. um, which they I, I tell maybe they hadn't got the best uh, fight choreography staff mm. quite yet. That the, some of the fights so far have been a little clunky. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's going to change. Yeah, uh, strangeness. T- talking teddy bear and then yeah, talk, you yeah, know we got this, this, this gadget related murders. Gadget obsessed murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and heads. There was room of, you know, disembodied plastic heads, too, um, yeah. in his little lair slash warehouse. Yeah, uh, and there's no explanation for that, is there? No, just, you know, it's other just, other robot things he was trying to work on, I guess. <laughs> I mean, mind you, they make a point of, of McNee expecting those mannequin yeah. heads. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, it, it's... This is this is a great episode. This is this is a really great episode. It's yeah. one of the better episodes of season two. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. Uh, season two, by the the sheer dint there are three different companions, tend to tends to fluctuate a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, 60s concerns. I mean, general, not much. I mean, it's all. This is almost, you know, you could say this one was kind of in the fantasy England. Yeah. Because it's not really tied to anything. I mean, it's no real Cold War stuff. I mean, they they talked about this guy's past, and he's obviously yeah. been a, an assassin in Cold War stuff, you know. I killed uh, my first time when I was 16, Mrs. Gale. Right, you know, <laughs> but, but nothing, you know, very specific. Um, eccentrics, you know, Mr. Teddy Bear himself is, is just right there. Um, is an eccentric. We didn't really see too many of like, you know, Steed didn't really need any of his moles or anything this time yeah. around. It was a pretty straightforward, um, you know, well, you mano a and mano, yeah, episode. Yes, why do you need a mole when you've got Kathy Gale? Exactly. I mean, she was, yeah, she was <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, she really owned the part. It really was kind of more her episode. I mean, he was, you she, know. She owns I mean, she owns the character yeah. very much. It's funny because it's like the same thing happens with, with Diana Rigg in season four. Mm-hmm. Thorson seems to fl- – as we get when we get to the final season, we'll, we'll notice that, that Thorson seems to kind of flounder a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I don't think there was a, as clear an idea of what she was supposed to be. Yeah. So, yes. So, this is, this is, this is it. This is where this is where the, the series starts to take shape. I guess medical subplots, which we've already stated, yes. will probably be going the way of the dinosaur on this show. But we did, you know, they had to figure out the mystery of the the cyanide because, which right. was again well read. It's like, well, why, you know, how did this guy take a cyanide pill and, and die exactly at eight thirty at night? You know, and, you know, think well, a time release capital. Three episodes, of Doctor. Mm-hmm. And six episodes with Venus Smith, who are who's okay. Uh, but after that, it's all Kathy. So I don't think we had any scenes in nightclubs this time, did we? Well, no, but you're going to see lots of scenes in nightclubs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, once Venus comes in, yeah, that's yeah. central to the plot. Um, and songs, I can't really recall, but 
they <laughs> there literally are scenes where where the show stops so Julie Stevens who plays Venus Smith yeah plays, you're saying you know, just sing songs <laughs> yeah whole songs yeah hey so it, it's um so get ready for that but we don't have to worry about that for two more episodes for because we have one more episode with Mrs. uh Mrs. Gale before we meet Venus Smith and and that is the Gallic Adventure Propeller 23, which we'll get to next month. Hope you like supposedly French people not speaking with French accents. Right, yeah. That's all I'm going to tell you. A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> well, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. So, you got the um, German guy to get almost a German accent, so, yeah. you know, but we... And, and, the, and the, the, the woman of old, oh, we'll to that next episode, but the woman uh, who runs the bar... Yeah. Just try- trying to do French, else, but not so much. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah we're not going to bother. Yeah, you were making like fifty bucks on this show, right? right. Just, I'm not going to try an accent. <laughs> yeah, the reason we're doing two episodes back to back. Let me just promote this for a little bit. Is because I'm doing one of my stupid charity stunts. The uh, 31 characters, 31 days uh, challenge for uh, on behalf of Rain the rape. Incest Abuse National Network. So if you want to learn more about that, you just go on over to to my blog, DJ's Domicile of Dread. I'm creating new, 31 new characters in 31 days, trying to get some, some great artists to visualize these characters. And if you donate, you get to either, you get to, Put your two cents in to rain, or you can choose to replace one of the names I've already posted with a name you made up with. So excellent! I, I, I hope people will join me on this journey. So, uh, but that's why we're good. So, don't worry; you're going to have no interruption of service. Nope. Nope. You'll still have an episode. This this is May. Yep. You'll have an episode for June, and then we're, and it's going to be like. I never, I never took a break. So. Exactly. Um, where do they send their? I, I'm, I'm amazed that so early on we're getting fan mail. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, we've you know pretty much gotten one. Yeah, you can email us at cheapscottproductions at gmail dot com. See what I did there? Cheapscott yeah. instead of cheapskate. Cheapscottproductions at gmail dot com. Uh, if you want through like Avengers. In the subject line or something, you know, like umbrella charm, UCB, yeah, umbrella yeah. charm bowler. That will work. The, the the subject line so that Scott knows it's it's for this set. This yeah, show. for you know, so I can sort it out from the right. ones of other emails I get from my <laughs> several other podcasts. Well, I was saying this to we're recording this guys on on Easter Sunday, yeah. and I was saying this to my mother. It's like when I I did as you know for. Uh, Seven years with Derek Ferguson, I did Better in the Dark from 2007 mm-hmm. to 2014. And it took us like three years before we got our first email. It took us a while. And it's like to have, I, I was telling my mother that, that it's kind of surprising, especially considering how esoteric this subject is. This right. is a show that's 60 years old. Yeah. Almost um, 60 years old. And, um, I, I thought that it would be the kind of thing that would just appeal to a very small group, but people are listening. 
Yeah. And they're following along. And, yeah, and uh, I, ju- I just posted them um, as of the recording of this. At least I'm a little behind on our April show, and I posted a mm-hmm. coming soon picture to motivate myself. And uh, we get a ton of likes on it and names I've never really seen before on the network. So yeah, somehow people are listening to this silly crap. I'm glad that you're that you're around for the yeah. the journey. And. Uh, Maybe we should set up like a, a Facebook page or something. Yeah, I plan to. I'm going to okay. put some thought into so it. coming soon, a Facebook page. Because I think that's generally, I mean, that's where I get most of my feedback on my other show. That I don't, just don't think people really email that much anymore, right. you know, to, is, to like give their opinion on shit because, you know, everything's so instant and social media now. So, right. you know, why why bother having to actually type in an email address and stuff? You know, when you just go on Facebook and go blammo. And, of um, course, guys, if you are new to the Two True Freaks Network, coming through my unfortunately shameless self-promotion, <laughs> um, or maybe you're coming because I, I know that the official Avengers TV show um, Twitter retweets whenever I post a, a new episode. Oh, nice. Okay. I just uh, so think I if, just if, followed them on Twitter because they yeah. just popped up in my suggestion list. Yep. And, and that, that Twitter, in case you want to follow it, is at the underscore Avengers TV show. Okay. But if you're, you're coming because of that, this is your first Two True Freaks episode. Uh, I'd like to direct you to some other places on the uh, both Scott and not Scott is frequently uh, doing a double act with uh, my lab monkey, Chris Honeywell, uh, during the, the, the five-minute freak segments that, that show up from time to time, which are reviews of, of, of recent films. Yeah. Uh, you do not Ooh. quite weekly heroics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead cast, which is on hiatus until Fear the Walking Dead starts back up in uh, mm-hmm. June. Um, and uh, yeah, you see, I mean, all my archive stuff is out there too. Yeah. I used to, I'm very proud of a, um, a video game based one mm-hmm. that I used to do called, uh, no consoles for old men. Old men. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, I used to do, I got mindless drivel out there, which has a bunch of, uh, weird stuff in movie reviews. And by um, the time you hear it, since you're going to be hearing this in May, by the time you hear this, the special Larry Cohen Memorial edition of the Honeywell experiment will be out where Chris and I talk at length about this amazing writer director who is just, you know, just integral to grindhouse cinema. And, uh, specifically his first horror film, uh, a little something known as it's alive, which it turns out Chris and I discovered the TV commercials scared the shit out of both of us as a little kid. (laughs) So, that is a classic. Um, also, we, we encourage you to explore the other great things on the site, including uh, the startling vault of... I can never get it right. Me either. I can never get it bother. Remember. Yeah, it's, the, it's yeah. the horror one. Startling it's a, vault of horror which and danger and who knows. Both, both <laughs> my lab monkey, Chris, Chris Honeywell, and the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler, and the Jack and Eddie brothers. And the Jack and Eddie brothers both have their own individual podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bugs, Bots, and Babes is Jason Jack and Eddie's covering 
Although I don't know if it, if it count, it used to be just covering fifties and sixties, like I think it's just generally, yeah, it's generally just kind of like B movies and, and yeah, the scale. yeah, you know. And no one's course, writing us checks. We can really do what we want on this network. That's what's great about it. <laughs> um, and uh, Luke has, of course, the amazing Earth Destructive Directive for all your kaiju needs. We get Andy Leyland under the pad- Palace of Glittering Device. Mm-hmm. Palace of Glittering Delights. Uh, the gentleman who opens our show every month. Uh, um, we occasionally get the uh, Hey Kids comics specials. We got one recently, right? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. I think, we got, I... I think we got an Easter special. But there's plenty of stuff. Uh, there's plenty of stuff there. So just poke around well then what i do with mr honeywell that that's very popular and we love doing is garage sale gloat which should be starting up again as soon as mother nature gives us some clear skies Uh, and warm temperatures but that's that's just so much fun we go around uh and just check out garage sales every weekend and find find deals and treasures and sell some of them on ebay and probably keep too many of them and but we find some amazing stuff out there, and we get some really interesting experiences, encounters, and uh, and my my girlfriend laugh track Tina is always with us, and and we try to get her laughing as much as we can she's oh. got a great laugh. <laughs> yeah, you got plenty. We're gonna have Tina, I hope, on on the show one one of these days. Yeah, I have to figure out something here. I, I need to All find right. another splitter so she can okay. have headphones because she she's unfortunately sitting here only hearing one half of this conversation Ah, until I edit it and she gets to hear the other half. (laughs) Well, if it makes any difference, I'm only hearing it through one ear. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's wrap up this one and we'll be back in a month for... One more thing we should do. Mm -hmm. We should also remind people we are looking for a sign-off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. For our episode. So send your suggestions for your sign-offs to uh, CheapScottProductions at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay, I got that right. Uh, and when we pick one, uh, that person will be a guest on uh, an upcoming show, and we will be very grateful to them. And, and really, be- I mean, if, if you want to message me or Thomas, um, you know, on yeah. Facebook, uh, I mean, I'm in, like, the cantina and the podcast page on Facebook, so you can message or me there. Shout at me on Twitter. I'm at at Nocturne Tom DJ. Yeah, or that email. I mean, any I yeah. see. I should have let you know this going in, but pretty much any podcast I've ever done, um, as soon as I know I've got a listener, I'm like, hey, we ought to come on the show, and then they end up staying on the show and don't listen anymore. So that's really not a great business strategy. Okay, but, but I've gotten a lot of great collaborators that way. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, remember this. This started out just because you said. Gee, this sounds kind of neat. Okay. Yeah, I used to watch that when I was nine. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And what did I do? I started promoting that day because I am totally shamed. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have to do this. I'm loving it. This was a great episode. And we'll see you next month for Propellant 23. As we we doff our bowlers to you, stay safe out there and and avenge what needs to be avenged. Indeed. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. But, you know. Well, we, Send we in your ideas. Guys, come on. Okay. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. 
Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.